Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it is. On we roll. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. We'll have Mel, Mel Kuyper Jr., on the Goodyear Hotline in a half hour. Final conversation we'll have there about the draft. Obviously, been heavy on that all morning long. My thanks to everybody for all the really nice notes I got. The feedback was really nice. I, you know, I've been here a really long time this summer. It'll be 25 years that I've worked at ESPN, which is still impossible for me to believe. Um, and yet, that was the biggest thing I've done. That was by far the biggest assignment they ever gave me. I was thrilled to have it. I was thrilled to do it. I'm thrilled with the way it turned out. And I'm, I've been really uh, touched by a lot of the nice notes that I've gotten from everybody. So thank you. For that, I'll get to my weekend review here in just a moment. Uh, but first, I, I have the bone to pick with Mr. Hashtag Hembo. Why is that? Well, so, so I consider you to be, of, of the many people that I've sort of discovered and turned into stars here at ESPN, <laughs> you're, you're probably my greatest discovery. I, I picked you as a researcher, and now here you are on the air all the time doing podcasts and everything else. You're like a household name. All right, get to it. How is it possible that I, I have to find out on the air from Dan Graziano that it's your birthday? How is it that we were sitting in the room together, we do two hours before the show, an hour of the show, of the TV show I'm talking about, and I don't know it's your birthday. You think this is my fault? Yes. I should have informed you that it was my birthday. Well, how else am I supposed to know? Well, <laughs> I don't know. Am I supposed to, when you walk in this morning, am I supposed to say, by the way, it's my birthday today? I, I mean, why is it that Graziano knew? He probably knew because he's a Facebook friend with me. It's just what I'm guessing. But, like, what's the etiquette on that? I'm, I, I turned 31 years old today. It's not a big deal. It's another work day. I'm going to go to bed tonight at 8 o'clock, just like I always do. You're supposed to, I'm supposed to just tell you when, I sh- when, when, when you come to work. Like, oh, by the way, it's my birthday today. Treat me differently. Treat me the same. I think so. Let me, go to, let me go to the ultimate authority on that, of course, and that is Bubba. Hashtag Bubba, our disheveled board operator, who before his long and successful career in radio production uh, did actually write multiple books on etiquette. In particular, one, I remember the Work Etiquette book. It was called Work Etiquette by Bubba. Very successful. Mm. Uh, and so, Bubba, what is the etiquette when it's your birthday and you come to the office and, and, and how, do you, how do you inform everyone that it's your birthday? Uh, easily, you don't. <laughs> See, I think Bubba's right here. Like, I'm, I'm too old to be yeah, telling I mean, people we're it's my adults birthday. here. We don't, we don't do. If people want, if they find out, they find out. But you, you don't go around telling people your, it's your birthday. You're not four. But, <laughs> <laughs> but here's the problem. Then Graziano wishes him a happy birthday on the air, and I feel bad that I didn't say anything about it being your birthday. So my concern with this here is the impact it has on others as they are discomforted by making this discovery at a later time. Well, then I guess you, maybe you should be Facebook friends with... Uh, I don't do the whole Facebook friend thing. I, it's, it's, mm. a, it's enough already. I don't have time enough to talk right. to my well, regular now friends. now you know when his birthday is. Put it in your calendar for next year. Now, right. then Someone know. put that in my calendar. <laughs> Just ask me every day, is well, it your birthday? I would put it in my calendar if, if I had any earthly idea how to do that. All right, Weekend Review. The Weekend Review. All right, let's go through some of the things that happened this weekend. Obviously, the draft is the big one. I've been on that most of the day, and I will get back to it. But now... Sunday. It doesn't matter at the end of the day if I'm not, uh, you know, 100% close to 100%. It don't matter, you know, where we land, you know. So, uh, you know, that's my mindset. You know, if this happens to uh, we end up at six or fifth or, or, or whatever the case may be, or if we end up in a, you know, the playoff, uh, whatever that thing is, whoever came up with that shit, uh, need to be fired. Um, but whatever. That's LeBron James saying that whoever came up with the NBA's play-in tournament needs to be fired, which is a position he didn't seem to take until his team suddenly is in danger of falling into it. And all I will say is 
that for all the complaining that I'm hearing out of Dallas when they might wind up in it, and now the Lakers when they may wind up in it, that the play-in tournament is doing exactly what it was intended to do, which is it makes some of these late-season games meaningful. Now, I understand the Lakers' frustration with it because they would never be in this circumstance were it not for injuries, but that's the way it goes. So I'm delighted with the NBA's play-in tournament, and frankly, I don't want to hear it from this, these people who don't like it. This is why it exists. So Hembo made the point earlier, the two best teams in baseball are the Dodgers and the Padres. By the time the season ends, I don't know if they will be, but they look like they could easily be the two best teams in baseball. One of them is going to wind up playing in a single elimination, winner-take-all, play-for-your-life game at the very end of the season, maybe against Jacob DeGrom. You could win 104 regular season games and get knocked out in one playoff game. That's the way it's set up. It's set up that way for a reason, and it's a good reason. So I'm not interested in hearing it for these NBA teams who are so upset about it. Again, the Lakers are in a different category because AD was hurt and LeBron is hurt. So I'm not going to sit here and say, well, then, you know, don't take so many games off because these guys didn't. I want to make it 100% clear. That's not what I'm saying. LeBron James doesn't load manage, and I respect the hell out of him for it. But, and, and Anthony Davis got hurt because that's what he does. But the point of it is that, that injuries have left the Lakers in that situation. That's the way it goes. The playing tournament is a good idea, not a bad idea. It accomplishes exactly what it was set out to accomplish which is to give some meaning to an NBA regular season that is struggling to not feel meaningless. So let's not lose sight of what has happened here. The play-in tournament is a good thing, no matter how upset anybody is with it. All right, next. Saturday. Mandaloon fighting for the front. Medina Spirit battles on. Hot Rod Charlie on the outside. Essential quality on the far outside. The four of them heading to the finish in the Kentucky Derby. Here's the wire. Bob Beffert does it again. Medina Spirit has won the Kentucky Derby. Mandaloon was second. Hot Rod Charlie was third. Essential quality was fourth. 2-0-1-0-2 the final time. Bob Baffert stands alone with seven Derby wins. Medina Spirit wins the 147th running of the Kentucky Derby. I'm going to be completely honest with you because I will never not be on this show. I was so entrenched in the draft and in draft buildup and draft preparation that when I got on the plane on Saturday morning and someone was talking about their plans for the day, Maria Taylor, Dan Orlovsky, and I were all on the same flight. So we were sitting together and talking. And someone near us sort of shouted out, hey, who's going to win the Derby? My first thought was, oh, my God, that's today. <laughs> really? I had completely <laughs> wow. forgotten it was the Derby. Well, I didn't, I didn't do these shows Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So any preview of it we did, I wasn't involved in. I was so entrenched in draft stuff that I didn't know anything about it. And then, of course, you start seeing on pictures and Instagram and all that kind of stuff, all the celebrities that are there, all the hats. I love it. I love the Derby. Mike and I went down there three or four years in a row. I love everything about it. It is a wonderful event. I'm not trying to say my story is not an indication of how unimportant the Derby is. It's an indication of how ridiculously consumed my life was by this draft for a period of time. But one way or another, that was the headline coming out of there. Baffert winning again and, uh, and the Derby going to, uh, to, to Medina Spirit. All right, then we go all the way back. Friday. Kevin McHale's record lasted nine days. Larry Bird's record has lasted for 36 years. But Jason Tatum sitting on 59 has a second free throw here with the Celtics leading by two. Tatum's second free throw. It's good. There's the 60. 98-5, the sports up, the play-by-play call. Friday night, that was Jason Tatum scoring 60 points 
tying Larry Bird for the single-game franchise record. And just No, we've gotten to a place now where 40-point games are hardly even worthy of notice. 50-point <laughs> games, I think, are still worthy of mention. You score 60 in an NBA game, you deserve to make the weekend review here with Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance, making it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. Meanwhile, yesterday, I think the most interesting thing that was said was said here on ESPN Radio by Warren Moon. I think it's a little much. Uh, you know, I, I really think that... Uh they're just being a little bit too greedy now, I think a little bit too sensitive. <clears throat> if all those these things bothered him about what happened with, with uh, Jordan Love and, and all those things from last year, that stuff should have been voiced last year and taken care of last year, but it sounds like it hasn't. And, and I just kind of question the timing of when all that came out on draft day, one of the biggest days of the year for all these young guys, and all of a sudden he wants to take the, uh, the thunder away from them a little bit. The, the whole thing just seems kind of contrived to me, and all they're doing is looking – to the future again. At some point, Aaron Rodgers is not going to be Aaron Rodgers, and they want to have somebody ready to go. I don't know why he can't understand that. That's a Hall of Fame quarterback talking about a future Hall of Fame quarterback. Warren Moon saying Aaron Rodgers is being too sensitive. Is he? I will answer that question next. And we will take your calls. I I promised we would set aside extra time for calls today. Hot takes from the draft. I need them hot. 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776. Your calls on the draft are coming up next. Mel Kuyper is still coming up in this hour, and I will tell you whether or not Aaron Rodgers is being too sensitive. Those are on the way next. I'm Greeny. This is ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Greeny, the podcast. And radio, we're presented by Progressive Insurance, Mel Kuyper Jr. On the Goodyear Hotline coming up in 15 minutes, he'll tell you how your team did in the NFL draft. And in just a moment, I want to hear from you how you think your team did. We'll take your hot takes, your calls, 888-SAY-ESPN in just a second. But first, I'm going to answer the question. In fact, I'm going to let everyone on the crew quickly answer the question. Warren Moon said he thinks Aaron Rodgers is being, quote, too sensitive 
about the way everything has gone there in Green Bay. Quickly, just a, a general quick answer. Hembo, do you agree? Is Aaron Rodgers being too sensitive? I do. I think he is. Okay. Bubba, who is a relationship expert, mm. do you believe that Aaron Rodgers is being too sensitive? Yes. Okay. Fair enough. Do we have anyone on the no side? Does anyone think no? Does Nuno think no? Devin, anyone think that he's not being too sensitive? No, he's being sensitive. Okay. I agree. Being sensitive. All right. Fair enough. Well, this is why, as I've said many times, I am that rare genius that will not be fully appreciated until after my time. No, he is not being too sensitive. You can't get to be Aaron Rodgers without being Aaron Rodgers. I'm telling you right now, the great ones are always like this. There is no basketball equivalent of trading up to draft your heir apparent the way they did in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. But I'm telling you, if the Bulls had ever done anything like that with Michael Jordan, his level of quote-unquote sensitivity would have made Aaron Rodgers seem like he should be standing in the street soliciting donations for a charity. That is how sensitive Michael Jordan would have been. I'm old enough to remember when John Elway was in Denver and they drafted his heir apparent, Tommy Maddox, you know who got fired? The coach almost immediately. Dan Reeves, one of the winningest coaches in the history of that franchise. Out! Because Elway basically said, it's him or me. That's how these things go. And the bottom line of it is that ego is something that we tend to ascribe negativity towards. But a, a healthy amount of ego, and I use that word purposely, is necessary to be a great one, to be an all-time great. If Aaron Rodgers wasn't furious, enraged, put off, and basically incommunicado as a result of that move, he wouldn't be Aaron Rodgers in the first place. Go ask Steve Young what it was like when he first showed up in Green in, in San Francisco. Yeah, did Joe Montana eventually kind of take him under his wing a little bit? It seems he did. You ask Steve how much fun it was when he first got there. I'm telling you right now, the great ones don't put up with slights. It's how they got to be great ones. Did you watch the last dance? Did you see how Michael Jordan would put anybody on his list? If you looked at Michael Jordan funny in an elevator, he would dunk on you and score 80 on you and yell at you the entire game. They traded up to draft his replacement. You think Aaron Rodgers is being sensitive? They said to him, you're not our guy anymore. And we're going to control the timing. And he said, you know what? No, you're not. I control everything. You know why? Because I'm freaking Aaron Rodgers. And all of you would have been fired 10 times over if it wasn't for me. Aaron Rodgers has made chicken salad out of you-know-what in Green Bay for an awful long time. You think that team is so loaded? I'd like to see how loaded it looked without Aaron Rodgers. You put Aaron Rodgers on any team in the NFL, any team, and they're a Super Bowl candidate. You put him on any of the above-average teams in the NFL, and they're the favorite. That's how good he is. You don't tell Aaron Rodgers, we're done with you and we'll decide the timing. If he allowed that, he would never have been Aaron Rodgers to begin with. So that's the answer to the question. Let's get a few quick calls in here and then we'll uh, we'll pause for Mel. Again, I'm looking for your hot takes on the draft. I just want to hear from you fans. How do you feel your team did? Give me your hottest take. Bubba, who's first? First is Jason. Jason, give me a hot take. 
I, I feel like the Seahawks are going to lose Russell Wilson because of how poorly they drafted. Well, look, the Seahawks didn't have a first-round pick. There were a lot of questions about them. They're going to lose Russell Wilson anyway. They came out this week trying to talk about how, oh, we never seriously considered trading him. Bullfeathers. That is completely untrue. They absolutely engaged in conversation with the Bears. Uh, if, if, if their definition is, well, we never actually said, if you give us X, we'll give you the player, that's fine. You can parse these words any way you want. They were ready to trade him if someone could have given him the answer they needed at quarterback, and no one was able to give them that. So that was never going to happen, and it didn't happen. Um, Russell, the, the Seahawks are in trouble, big trouble. They better win while the winning is good. Because I agree completely. Russell Wilson is out of there next year. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Who's next? Next is Don. Give me a hot take, Don. Hey, Greeny. I love your show. You're the only host that talks NFL every day. The only one. Well, give me a hot take, my friend. Okay. There's four no-brainer picks in the draft, in my opinion. The Jags with Lawrence. The Jets with Wilson. The Chargers with Slater. And the Steelers with Najee Harris, the running back. Did he say those were the best picks in the draft? Those are the four for sure things he said. Well, yeah. Draft. Look, if, if I had to bet on it right now, you want to make a bet right now? Can you even get odds on this yet? Uh, do they have odds for rookie of the year? Uh, they do not. Okay. I, if I, whenever those come uh-huh. out, if you wanted to bet on Najee Harris being the rookie of the year in the NFL, I would think that would be a very good bet. The Steelers got him. They didn't have a running game at all last year. They have to address that. They have to change things. I believe Harris will get a ton of work there. I think he'll put up big numbers. I don't think they're going to win a lot of games, but I could see Harris putting up big numbers. If they, if they go 8-8, eight and eight, I think he's got a chance we do have to be the rookie of the year. We do have him. Najee Harris is 16-1. to one. Who's in front of him? Like 10 guys. Who, L- Lawrence. Is it the quarterbacks? Yeah. No. Uh, okay. Keep going. Uh, Lawrence. No. Fields. No. Lance. No. Jones. No. Wilson. No. Pitts. Maybe. Chase. Maybe. Waddle. I love it. And, and Harrison Smith are both 16 to 1. Look, I mean, quarterbacks tend to get all these awards, but they gave it to Zeke over Dak a few years ago, didn't they? Yep. Didn't they give him Rookie of the Year when they were both rookies? I, I, think, I think Najee Harris is going to have a huge year. But actually, now that I've heard those mm-hmm. options, I like the Jalen Waddle. I think has a real chance. And I think Cincinnati could surprise you a little if they can protect Burrow. Jamar Chase could be an interesting one as well. Give me one more quick one, Bubba. Go. Let's go to Ben. Ben, give me a hot take. Hey, Greeny. Uh, so I think uh, the the in five years, the quarterback is going to steal this draft, the 2021 draft, would be Ian Book for the Saints because he has the best development around him. Look, I mean, thank you for the call. It would be very a very hot take. I mean, the arm strength on him is the question mark. Everybody loves Book's leadership and his toughness. We saw him. He, he I would be completely honest. To me, he looked like a good college quarterback, and, and they'll try and develop him there. But if I had to bet on who would be New Orleans quarterback of the future, if it turns out not to be Jameis Winston, I will be surprised if it turns out to be Ian Book. I'd love to be surprised. Everybody loves him. They say he's a great kid. I hope I, I wish him nothing but the best. But I will tell you it would surprise me a lot. Mel Kuyper is next. Don't miss it. Greeny, ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. 
Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Greeny, the podcast. I'm Greeny. I come to you live every day from the Seaport District to Pier 17, brought to you by Chase, the one, the only, the great. Mel Kuyper Jr. is live in 60 seconds. Don't miss his entire recap of your team's draft after this minute from 303 products. you ever seen a vehicle at a stoplight or parking lot that just seems to stand out because of its deep mirror-like paint? You're probably thinking you don't have the money or the time to spend to do that to your own vehicle. Well, think again. With new 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating, it's a revolutionary new product. It provides the same level of protection and shine that you get from a professional detail, but can be done by yourself in your own garage. You just spray it on, let it haze, buff it off. That's it. You have up to a year of paint protection. In addition to that jaw-dropping depth and gloss that will have others admiring your ride on its next drive. It helps repel dust and reduces water spotting to keep it looking cleaner between washes. You can also use it on your car's glass, wheels, and trim. It's now available at Advanced Auto Parts and Pep Boys locations nationwide, or you can learn more by visiting 303radio.com. And with that, it is my delight to bring the one and only Mel Kuyper into the program here. Uh, And Mel, again, um, as I expressed to you just in a brief note, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate your support and guidance through this process that led us to last week where you did your typically sensational job on the draft, and it was a, a really, in all honesty, a privilege to sit there and get to work with you. So thank you for everything. Uh, I'll say, Green, the most unselfish point guard ever, ever on the face of the earth is Mike Greenberg. So we appreciate what you do. You, you, you read eyes and you read mannerisms and you read facial expressions and body language better than any. I mean, it's amazing. You know when to come to somebody, and it's just an instinctive ability that you have. You can't teach instincts. You either have them or you don't. And I think a couple weeks in the Bahamas would be a good thing for you, Greeny. You deserve it, pal. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, the good news is with you, the facial expression is always the same, which is, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready to take somebody on, right? <laughs> like, I look at Lewis and Booger a little bit. With you, it's always like, yeah, I'm ready, Greeny. Go ahead. All right, <laughs> <laughs> fire away. <laughs> I'm open from three right here. Go ahead and give me the ball. Anyway, so let's dive in because there was so much great stuff. So I opened the show today. And anyone who knows, I mean, first of all, anyone who knows me knows two things. One, they know I root for the Jets. And two, they know I'm usually overly critical. I'm the opposite of a homer. I will rip them to shreds, (laughs) usually beyond the point that most people want to. So you've got to give credit where it's due. I thought the Jets had an absolutely sensational draft. What did you think? I agree wholeheartedly. I, I wanted to see how they attacked it after making the move with Sam and, and going forward with Zach. And unlike some GMs, Greeny, that, that don't help their quarterback, I think Joe Douglas knows what you need to do. I mean, he was he was developed properly as a GM coming up through the ranks, obviously learned from the best, uh, learned a lot here in Baltimore. You think about where you are with the Jets, they have Elijah Vera Tucker at left guard next to Becton, at Elijah Moore, uh, who was outstanding, and Michael Carter, who was one of the best day three picks out there, 
an outstanding running back, and then go defense after that green. I mean, every pick thereafter, if they set up Zach with a left guard, a slot receiver return man, or an outside, it's going to be an outside receiver, not limited, and in a running back, he went and got all defense, most of the guys in the secondary. So he had a great plan. It, it, it fell properly, and I'm with you. I gave him an A-minus only because I'm a Sam, big Sam guy, obviously, you know, moving forward. But we'll see how he does in Carolina. But I thought definitely you could say A, you could say an A draft without question, Greeny, and feel pretty good about it. Yeah, absolutely. Let, let's stay in the city just while, while I was going to jump around. I also mm-hmm. thought the Giants did great, and their general manager, Dave Gettleman, is a guy who I think is on the hot seat. It's fair to say he never trades back, and he wound up getting, I thought, three excellent players with their first three picks, and he gets an extra number one pick for next year. I thought that he had a very good weekend. Yeah, I gave him a B plus. I was probably falling asleep when I did that. That was a big mistake on my part at two in the morning when I was doing a lot of this stuff. Uh, B plus should have been an A. It really should have been an A. Uh, you're right. Uh, the trade back, and I'm an advocate of trading back. I say it all the time. Gruden used to scream at me all the time. No, you can't trade back. My phone's not ringing. I said, Well, then, then you're too greedy. Then yeah, you know, don't don't be greedy. To take what they offer, get something, and, uh, and to go back and like say, get that number one in 2022 from Chicago, and get Kadarius Tony. Urban Meyer admitted, Hey, I loved. I've had him here in Jacksonville. I was the guy I'm targeting, and and the Giants took him. And Aziz Ojolari, who everybody was projecting in the first round, to go where he did at 50 after having six and a half sacks over his last six games and testing well. And then you get a good, real good slot corner in Aaron Robinson. And Ellerson Smith, a developmental pass rusher, a pounder and a 220-pound running back in Gary Brightwell. And Rodarius Williams has got length and had a pretty good career at Oklahoma State. That, that to me, and I, I made a mistake. I put B+. Plus. That should have been an A, Greeny. Greeny and Mel Kuyper, who are looking at those teams. Now we move to the big move of the night, which, of course, course, we waited to see if, if one of the quarterbacks, I wouldn't describe it as slipping or falling, but was still available when we got past the first five or six picks, would the big trade come? And of course it does. Chicago trading up to get Justin Fields. Give me a sense of how you think the Bears come out of that. They also add the offensive tackle, Tevin Jenkins, who I really liked a lot. It's going to be interesting. We were talking about that a lot. And I think the guys, you know, Neek and, and, and Dan O, two, you know, two guys played in the league, one on defensive side and a quarterback, said, well, it's a seamless transition. I'm still not buying seamless when you get you know, pocket guys to mobile guys, mobile guys to pocket. I think when you go pocket to mobile, it hits better, a little bit better initially because it, it, it takes defenses by surprise. But to go from mobile to pocket, like something happened in New England, we'll see how that goes. That was the kind of question, Cam, to, to, uh, to Mac Jones. Here you're going from from a guy like Andy Dalton, pocket, to a dual threat. And I think that can be a little bit more successful. It's going to be interesting how Matt Nagy handles it. Didn't run Trubisky enough. Will he run Fields enough? And when will Fields be ready, Greeny? That's the thing. And to expect him to be, as we said today, a, a GM saver, a head coach saver, and then have all that pressure on a rookie quarterback in Chicago uh, is asking too much. And I, I just think, let Andy Dalton go out there, see what happens. They did it in, out in L.A. with the Chargers. They let Tyrod Taylor go out there. He got hurt. And then Justin Herbert took over. We'll see how it plays out, but they did address the offensive line. They did get a, did get a running back and receiver, so the, the four picks after the quarterback were all offense. I like that. So we'll see. I, I just think how, how this is going to be really interesting to see how these coaches handle Garoppolo, Lance, Newton, Jones, this situation with having Andy with Justin Fields. You know Trevor's going to be the guy. You know Zach's going to be the guy in New York. But those other three first rounds have somebody in place. How do those coaches handle that situation? It's going to be really fun to watch. Greeny and Mel, you, you touched on it briefly. But while I was extremely excited about the Jets draft and some others, if you asked me to pick the team that had the best draft, that just best addressed their needs and got the best players to do it, I would say the Chargers. And, and there's a 
I guess, some level of self-serving in that because I, Rashawn Slater went to Northwestern and I love him. But he happens to be exactly what they needed. And then they get uh, Asante Samuel Jr., who you kept telling me was falling too far, that he should have been drafted earlier as a corner. I thought they had a very good draft. Yeah, and they got a couple guys late. I love Chris Rumpf, the second out of Duke. He's got mm-hmm. bend. He's going to add weight. He's going to get stronger. He can play inside, outside, up, down. He gives you so much versatility. Great kid. Uh, Josh Palmer at Tennessee. Never had a quarterback. Yeah, uh, could get in the ball on a regular basis. And Trey McKitty at Florida State impressed me. Georgie comes in. You know, COVID year, you know, that transition. You're going to you know, obviously not be as good as you were. And he only had the six catches, but he's got talent. So, yeah, I really agree. Larry Roundtree, the third in the sixth round. I thought the third round would have been high for him, Greeny, but the sixth round, that's a hell of a pick. So, to me, I'm with you. I thought I, the Chargers in Miami, uh, I gave the 2A grade. Should have given the Giants an A, but certainly the Chargers in Miami really stood out. Well, let's go through Miami then. They start with Waddle, obviously. They had a lot of capital. I thought their their maneuvering of the draft. There's, there's two pieces of this, right? There's the players yep. that you wind up with, and then there's the maneuvering. The maneuvering of it, I think they handled brilliantly. Take us through how you think they did with the players. Yeah, the maneuvering allowed the 2023 first coming from San Francisco. And, and you think about Jalen Waddle. I said you put three of those guys, Chase Waddle and Smith, up on a, on a and spin the wheel up on the wheel, spin it and let it fall wherever it does, and you'd be really happy. I think all the teams that got receivers are thrilled uh, to get who they were able to acquire. And Jalen Waddle was also a t- tremendous, dynamic punt returner. That's going to set two up in better field position than nor- and normally would be the case. And Jalen Phillips, if he can stay healthy, gives him a real good pass rusher. And Javon Holland, that's the thing, he was said during the draft, don't sleep on the guys that opted out. Don't forget about how great they were in 2019 or 2018. And Javon Holland in both those years was intercepting passes and wreaking havoc all over the field with great versatility. Liam Eikenberg will not be a left tackle, it will be a right tackle or guard. And they got the two tight end situation. We said, well, Kyle Pitts would make sense, right, if he, if he went there, had he gone there early. Well, he wasn't available, so you get Hunter Long in the third. I'm not saying he's anywhere near Kyle Pitts, but they like to have two tight ends. And now you have Gasicki and Long, and Larnell Coleman is a huge huge veteran bookend, I think he was a steal in the seventh round. So, uh, you know, they did really well, Miami. They set themselves up for future drafts. So, yeah, I, I think they're, they were on the cusp. They're close. This may put them over the top. You turned me on to Hunter Long about a month ago. Hunter Long is the tight end at a Boston college who actually caught more passes than Kyle Pitts did this year. And I had been locked in, Mel, on Pat Fryermuth as the number two tight end in the class. And I think that is the way it actually wound up going. But you were telling me for the longest time you thought Long was actually – I don't want to put words in your mouth. I got the impression you thought he was the second best tight end in the whole thing. Yeah, right there with Fryermuth coming off the shoulder. Fryermuth got a clean bill of health. That's a, that's a good, kind of solid choice for Pittsburgh for the Steelers uh, where they got him. Uh, but Hunter Long did not be right there with Fryermuth. Fryermuth went fifty-five. Hunter Long went eighty-one. Right. So that's a pretty good gap there. And I think for Miami, who needs the two tight end situation, likes to have that. And one thing Long can do is block, and he does have deceptive speed. He's not a guy. He's not going to really be real explosive, but he ran really well for a two hundred and fifty-three, two hundred and fifty-five pounder under four. So, yeah, I think he's the kind of kid, productive player. Jeff Halfley raved about Hunter Long. So, yeah, I think Miami, uh, I think it's going to be really interesting with Miami and the Jets right on the heels of Buffalo and New England isn't going to go away. You know that. They get those opt-outs back. Dante Hightower to the high tower, the centerpiece of the defense is back. That division, that AFC East is going to be in the future years, is going to be really exciting with Mac Jones in there now, with Tua and with Herbert. I mean, excuse me, with, um, with the situation up in with Josh Allen emerging as a superstar. You have Herbert in the AFC as well with Lamar and Baker and Mahomes. And are you imagine that AFC, Greeny? I, I, I don't know how you deal with all that if you're a defense. The AFC is just loaded 
loaded with great young quarterbacks. Good young quarterbacks. A good point. And, you know, as you were saying it, I was sort of thinking it through. And you were right. They are overwhelmed, overloaded, whatever the word is, with with a lot of great young quarterbacks. Quickly on the other side, Mel, which teams, for those who've not seen your grades, which teams left you scratching your head? I think Pitt, I would say scratch makers. The Steelers didn't wow me, Greeny. I mean, Najee Harris is a good running back. I'm not going to get into that whole debate. He's a good player. Fryer moves a nice tight end. After that, they got guys versatile, Kendrick Green, but it didn't wow me. Quincy Roche could be a good sixth if he can maximize what we saw you know, in the collegiate ranks at both the Temple and Miami. I just don't know if he'll run into serious resistance uh, not being super gifted. And New Orleans, and Indianapolis and New Orleans were just okay. Nothing special there. But I don't think anybody had one of those draft screens said, boy, that's a D or a C minus. Uh, I gave nothing but C pluses or above. I thought everybody did, considering a COVID year with limited uh, knowledge, limited resources, no combine, I thought everybody handled it well. And there's going to be some really good undrafted free agents out there for teams to sign now and, and bring into campus what would have been eighth or ninth round picks. And then finally, Mel, because Nuno told me that he chatted with you before you came on the air here. And, and I just want to throw a thought that I had at you because everyone talked about how, well, there are no quarterbacks in next year's draft. One of the reasons teams are so eager to get quarterbacks is that there aren't any that are, or it's only one that is projected to be, you know, a solid first-round pick for next year. And my response to that routinely has been, a year ago today, no one would have said Zach Wilson or Mac Jones were going to be first-round picks in this draft. And there we were both taken in the first half of round one. So I, And the same would have been said about Burrow the year before, and he was number one, mm-hmm. and Kyler Murray the year before that, and he was number yep. one. So what I'm saying is there are going to be those guys, right? I mean, people are going to wind up – there will be quarterbacks that are going to wind up being in this – we're going to be having this exact conversation about two new people next year. We just don't know who they are. That's exactly right. And Tyler Shuck from Texas Tech, formerly of Oregon, uh, you know, could be a talented kid who emerges. You never know. JT Daniels now in his second year at Georgia, formerly of USC. Uh, Jaden Daniels, Herm Edwards loves out at Arizona State. And then you have Sam Howe at North Carolina and the Rattler, Spencer Rattler at Oklahoma, who's the number one quarterback right now, and a lot of other ones out there. Uh, Jarkovic up at Boston College, Carson Strong out at Nevada. Yes, you're right, Green. You know, Keaton, Keaton Slovis at USC. There's a lot of quarterbacks. Some will come out of from nowhere some will emerge and I'm anxious to see the kid at Texas Tech because he's got the, the, the physicality of a quarterback and he's got the arm so you're right it's gonna be fun to see what quarterbacks really come through and solidify first or second round grades listen to him just rattle those names off the he's top of his head it's incredible it's incredible and until you've seen it and Mel I did open the show today by saying I can now confirm what I had been told that at, you do not eat, drink, or pee the entire draft. Not once. You did, I did not see you eat anything. I did not see you drink anything. And you never once got up to pee. It is a remarkable, I don't know how you do it, but I was amazed. Well, I, got a, I didn't get up much in day three either, Green. I got up twice just to stand up real quick. And I, said, and I paid the price last night when I had <laughs> cramp after cramp. So it's not, to put it this way, Green, nobody please out there listening. Nobody patterned himself after what I do. Nobody, <laughs> please. I hung in there with you the best I could. I, I'll tell you a funny story. Anyway, you're the best. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Mel. I had such a good time, <laughs> and we'll great. talk to you soon. Great job, my friend. See All you, right. Thank you. The Mel is just the best. I mean, what can I say? It, it was it was an honor. I mean, it really was an honor for me get, to get a chance to work with those guys. Um, and I have so many funny stories. I just don't know which ones would be funny to everyone else. I have a million stories of being there with them, but like sitting there with Lewis and Booger and Mel and, and then, you know, get Shefty freezing to death. And the first night we had Chris Mortensen as well. And Susie's on the, you know, down on the stage interviewing the players. It, it was as one who has watched the draft basically all of my life. It really was 
a thrill and an honor to be a part of it. Anyway, going over a couple of the things that he said there, if you look at the AFC, just look at there are 16 teams in the AFC, okay? Stop me when you get to one that does not feel like they have a a special, uh, special is too strong a word, a well above average quarterback who figures to be there for a long time. Okay. Okay. I'm, that's the way I'm defining this. It, not, not everyone is going to be Patrick Mahomes, obviously. Right. But like, has their quarterback situation set for the foreseeable future? Buffalo, Miami, the Patriots, the Jets. That's the entire division. Next, Steelers. That's the question mark, right? That, that's the question There's mark. There's one. But then Ravens, Browns, Bengals. Awesome. Three so four. Seven out of eight. That's right. Tennessee, Colts, Texans, Jaguars. The only question mark there is what happens with Deshaun. And, and they we, drafted a quarterback. They drafted, they drafted Davis Mills, who was not going to be ready quickly, but does seem to have the potential to be an excellent player. I can't put him in that category. He's a third-round pick. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with Deshaun, and I don't even like conflating a football conversation with his situation. I want that, that situation to run its course legally, and let's see what winds up coming from it. But even if you took them out of it, you're still talking about 10 out of 12. And now we get to the West, Kansas City, the Chargers. And the, the, I think the Raiders and Broncos remain legitimate questions. I do too. So it's 12 out of 16. 75% of the teams are set at quarterback long term. So that is remarkable, and it figures to be exciting to sort of follow throughout the rest of the next couple of years. So anyway, it was, it was a wonderful experience doing the draft, and, and we will certainly start standing our attention to some other things now. I have been, I, I'm well aware that I have been very you know, focused on that, on this show and everywhere, just because it has been the overwhelming thing on my mind for quite some time. I honestly feel like the weight of the world has been lifted off my shoulders, having that behind me, not because I didn't enjoy it. I loved it, but there was so much to do. And there was just so much I needed to know. You've been doing work on players for like three months every day, it seemed. It wasn't quite three months, but, but so I shot the second season of Better Days over four days at the very beginning of March. So we finished that on a Saturday. We finished taping that on Saturday. So two months. There will be eight episodes of Better Days uh, that will start being released on ESPN Plus, I think, I think in June. Um, and boy, I finished that. On a Saturday, I gave myself Sunday off. And then that Monday, Stacey and I sat down and started going over the players. And I will always remember who the first th- I had Todd McShay's most recent mock draft. Okay. <laughs> and we just took that and started memorizing the players and going through them. And I watched tape and, and I did it for two months. And I just kept and I got up to 124 players. Wow. And in the end, three guys were picked I hadn't done. Who were they? So three times. Who was Dallas's last pick in the third round? A defensive player. Uh, whoever that was, was not one of the players I did. And there were two others. And so I literally, on that one, I just, each one of them, I, if you were watching, you know, I, I, I topped off each pick with a little nugget, a little mm-hmm. information about them, and then I threw to somebody. On that one, I just went, defense again, Mel. <laughs> 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 because they had taken like five straight defensive players, and this guy played defense, and I went, uh-oh, like in my head. You know, there's a little clock in your head as a host. I, I have one second to say something. So I had half a second of, uh-oh, and then a quarter of a second of, what can I say? And then that's what came to me. So I said, defense again, Mel. And I'm sure he provided 90 seconds oh, of gold. Well, you, I literally could have just said Mel, but I didn't want it to be totally obvious. I didn't know who I was talking about. <laughs> and there were two other players that went that I had not studied. I mean, I knew who they were. I knew their names, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I didn't have like a little fact ready for them. Um, so I just went with that. And then the final note of the day, the final note of the day is that Hembo, I think we have decided you're in the wrong. 
How was that? You are in the wrong. Today was Hembo's birthday. He did not give anyone a heads up that it was his birthday. He did not tell us. And as a consequence, Bubba, when it came up organically, as it did this morning on television with us, it puts all of us in an awkward position of now not having said anything about yeah, his well, birthday. What do you mean? We've, we all agree with him. What do you mean you've dis- it's been decided? <laughs> no. I, we don't all agree. Nuno, do you agree? Yeah, yeah, yes, I agree with him. We all agree with Hembo. Yes, I agree with Hembo. You don't believe that it, it behooves. Now, we work in a pretty tight little unit here. We do. That it be, if it is one member of the unit's birthday, it behooves that member to inform everyone else that it is their birthday so no one feels bad about not having said happy You're birthday. You're the only one that seems to Just feel bad you. about this. I'm telling you right now. I'm right about this. Graziano, great friend. <laughs> we'll get back to this tomorrow. Great friend. Have a wonderful day. See you then. ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.